2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says to Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm both convinced, I guess, and convicted that that is probably the best way that we could equip our children as they go off to college campuses or if they are inundated by social media and and false worldviews. You know, I mentioned this morning that there's one true worldview and there's there's millions of false worldviews, and Satan doesn't care which one you fall for. Um, Probably the best way to equip your children, and notice I said it's the best way for you to equip your children. Your pastor can't do that in an hour every week. You've got to do it, and that goes back to dads taking a stand for the cause of Christ, um, is to equip your children. I most every Sunday, I, I'd be lying to you if I said every Sunday, but most Sundays we have a, um, I guess, a Bible lesson at our home at, in the, at night. So my kids have to hear me preach in the morning on Sundays, and then they hear me on Sunday evenings. And um, we're going through the Bible, and they use that in their curriculum through the week um, for their Bible. And I actually purchased a curriculum through Answers in Genesis, and if you're not familiar with that ministry, I recommend them um, for their creation account, you know, for the account of creation and their adherence to six-day creation. I don't recommend them for their soteriology, but eat the, eat the chicken and spit out the bones, right? And um, so Brother Bo, and I'm very proud of him, I guess if I can use that word, you know, they're... They, 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 our children spend time at the library and check out books, things they're interested in, and it's just rife with 500 million years ago, this snake could see this way, and you know, you hear it on YouTube videos for children, it's everywhere. They're sneaking it in everywhere because if they can discount the Genesis account, you can discount the rest of the Bible. That's right. And um, Brother Bo, much like a siren, Brother Michael, you. You mentioned every time we hear that now or read that, he does this. <laughs> like, wrong. <laughs> but the day we were in my truck and I heard, I heard from the back seat, <laughs> and, and I'm like, what is going on? And I had it on the Southern Gospel XM station, and the name of the song was Gotta Get Saved. <laughs> and, uh, he was sniffing out the false doctrine, and I, I didn't even have the song on. It was just on the screen there, so not that I've done a great job, but that is the best way we can equip our children is to know the truth so the false doctrines don't impact them. Let's go back to, to Hebrews chapter 11. As you turn in there, I, I, I won't be with you tomorrow, so I want to thank Brother Tim again for the invitation and for your hospitality. Um, from the fellowship, the food, to the preaching, and the, and the singing, it's all just blessed my, my soul. And um, Brother Michael Goins, um, he's, he's been a, a, a wonderful friend and encourager to me. I, um, I, I guess uh, during COVID, you know, I say during COVID, I don't, know, we, I don't know what that means anymore, but it was in 2020, near the end of 2020, 
uh, my father in the ministry and our pastor at Vestavia was called to another church and moved back home. And, um, you know, I love all the preachers here today, but um, as they say, I, Sam, to me, Sam Bryan is the goat. <laughs> he's, the, he's the greatest of all time. And, um, you know, we're close to Tuscaloosa. One day I feel sorry for the man who will follow Nick Saban. <laughs> It'd be hard to live up to that. And, um, you know, I didn't know what would happen. I'd been preaching at Vestavia for many years and certainly love them. Um, The pastoral love. um, But I didn't know what would happen. I don't think anybody did. And out of the blue, one day, I got a text from Brother Michael Goins. We didn't know each other that well. And he had heard about Brother Sam taking that church. And he just said, "I'm, I'm praying for you and I'm here to help you if you ever need anything. And, um, you know, my bookshelf at home is full of Michael Goins books. And I thought, (laughs) this is the Michael Goins. Um, And and I tell you, he's been accessible. Brother Tim has been accessible. And and Brother Sam has been accessible. (laughs) You know, I continue to lean on them as I try to pastor the church. But... I love you, Brother Michael, and I, it's, been, it's been a um, pleasure to share the pulpit with you and love everybody here at Bethlehem. Um, we were looking at being committed to the cause of Christ this morning. Now, I'll read from Hebrews 11 again, beginning in verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. I I looked at the first three gleanings from this passage this morning, and if you weren't here this morning, some of you were not, we were, we, we, I started by looking at the question that David asked when Israel was facing Goliath and they were scared, and he says, is there not a cause? Is there not something worth living for, something worth dying for even in David's case, something to motivate you in the morning, something to motivate you when you, uh, when, to, to serve? Um, is there something to, to motivate you to be committed to that one who we serve, Brother Michael? And... And, and the first thing I said this morning is it's going to take faith. And you can see that, that it was through faith and by faith. And he could see the one who was invisible. And so Moses exercised faith in his commitment to the cause. And we're going to have to do the same. It was a personal choice that Moses made. It says when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Um, and it took separation from the world. We see that he refused to be called Uh, Pharaoh's daughter, and he forsook Egypt. In verse 27, it says, he left all that behind, Egypt being a type of the world, 
um, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to, to commit his life to the cause of God or the cause of Christ in our case. And so I want to look at the, the next point this, this afternoon, which would be the fourth if we continued from this morning, and, and, and that is this. And this is just a fact that if you're going to be committed to the cause of Christ, it's going to take suffering for his name. It's going to take suffering uh, for his name. I want to go with you to John chapter 16 for a moment. In the last verse of, of, that, of, of, of that chapter, verse 33, Jesus says this, These things I have spoken unto you, as he's speaking to his disciples, that in me you might have peace. And, and so we can learn just from that that the only way that you're going to have true peace in this life is not through meditation, which some would say. It's not through, uh, it's not through transcending, uh, you know, through yourself. It's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're going to have peace in this life. But he, he says it's through me. But then he follows up by saying in the world, while you're in the world, you shall have tribulation. That means to be pressed together, to be compressed, to be oppressed, to be afflicted. I wrote down the, the definition from the Webster's 1828 dictionary, which says, in Scripture it often denotes troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. <laughs> so he's saying there's going to be even persecution that comes your way if you commit yourself to the cause of Christ. Now, we don't like to think about that, do we? We don't... Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not welcoming any kind of persecution, are you? No. Uh, Brother Tim mentioned this morning that there could be a time that that angel has to, has to bring some of us out of prison. That could actually happen. Uh, it's crazy to think about in the land of the free that you can be pretty much free to do anything except worship Christ now, like the real Christ. Um, and it's not so much that the law won't allow you to, but culture will not allow you to. Um, and so... Jesus says to them, you should know that in this world you shall have tribulation. When Paul, once again writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says in verse 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose. Notice there he has a purpose for the cause. My faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And he says persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then in verse 12, listen to the promise, the inspiration of the Holy Scripture, or the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Paul says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. And that is all that will be committed to the cause of Christ. He says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And you say, well, we're not suffering persecution right now. We're not being locked up. That, that word persecution literally means mistreatment on the account of another. <laughs> You're going to, I've heard it said this, that in America today, we're, we're experiencing polite persecution at this point, <laughs> where maybe you won't be invited to the party, or maybe uh, you won't be allowed to go to, you know, that event, or, um, you know, we, I think we've seen some, it's getting, it's getting angrier at a rapid pace. Um, but, but right now, it's not, none of us are afraid today that the law is going to come in and take us out today. But that's not to say that couldn't happen in the future. But yet, we still see mistreatments. You may be mistreated, um, like I said, at work or at school or uh, in the public square because you take a stand 
for Christ, but you shouldn't be shocked by that because Paul said, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that that will happen if you live your life for Christ Jesus. And so we've got to understand that that is, that is coming. And then in verse 25 of our study passage, it says of Moses that he chose, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Do you see that? What's it going to take to be committed to the cause of Christ? We have to choose that we would rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He says, we would rather suffer with the people of God. I'm going to tell you that that sounds bad. That can sound bad. You think, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer with the people of God. I'm going to tell you that's where the good life really is there, right? Notice, Notice it says then to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, I'd be lying to you if I said, well, you go out there and have your fill of sin and you won't enjoy it for a while. You might. But you eventually got to pay the reaper, right? Eventually you got to, you got, you, you're like that prodigal son. <laughs> You'll end up with nothing in the pigsty. <laughs> right. um, I'm going to tell you right now, it goes back to our choice that we talked about earlier. You, the, the best thing you can choose, young or old or whatever your life has been, is to choose to suffer the affliction with the people of God. And so uh, if mistreatment comes our way, guess what? It's going to be very important that we're with the people of God. Amen. You see that? <laughs> Because that's how we're going to get through. That's how we're going to endure. And that's what it said in verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. We're going to have to endure persecution. And the way that we do that, because, because we understand that mistreatment will come to us if we stand for the cause of Christ, the way we're going to endure and the way we're going to be able to choose to suffer with the people of God is this. And this is the next point. It, it, you're gonna, it's going to take a proper perspective in life. Your worldview matters, right? Brother, that's what Brother Michael was saying earlier. That every false religion has a false worldview. Your worldview, whether it's from the, the creation account to salvation, uh, to, to the, the doctrine of man, uh, whether man is actually totally depraved in their sin or completely corrupt or is there some good about them, that all impacts your worldview. And so when we start to see what's happening around us today, we shouldn't be shocked because our worldview says that man is, is messed up. They're completely corrupt. There, there's no depths to the evil that man will do left in his very nature, right? So when we see that, we shouldn't be shocked. But if we're going to commit to the cause of Christ, and committing to the cause of Christ isn't I'm going to be at church and I'm going to read my Bible for a week. It's that I'm going to go in the grave and they're going to mourn when I'm dead because I was committed to the cause. I was a pillar. I was somebody that they, that they missed. You know, you can be that type of person. The type of person that's missed or the type of person you forgot they were part of the church. <laughs> yeah. you, you can, I've, I've said this. You can be the type of person, you know, when your phone rings and you see, you see who's calling now, right? You probably got their number in your phone. And, and admit it, you have certain emotions that come through when you see whose name it is, right? You do. You, you can be the type of person, think, oh, thank you, Lord, it's Josh. Or you can be the type of person, oh, Lord, it's Josh. <laughs> Which one do you want to be, right? Yeah. I want to go to my grave being the type of person that say, oh, I'm so glad to see him walk through the door. Uh, I'm so glad that when, when, you know, 
when, when I was standing by the casket of my loved one, I saw them walk through the door. When I needed that meal, they brought me that meal. That's, that's being committed to the cause of Christ. And it's going to take a proper perspective on life. And, 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 and going back to John 16, remember he had said, These things I've spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But listen to what he says. But he continues there. But be of good cheer. <laughs> listen to that. But be of good cheer. Even though you're going to have mistreatment in this world, he says, I want you to be joyful and I want you to be confident and I want you to be courageous. <laughs> That's what he's saying when he's saying, be of good cheer. And you say, how could I be like that? How could I be committed to the cause when people are going to mistreat me? It's because of the next line where he says, I, speaking of Jesus, of himself, I have overcome the world. Amen. See, if your perspective is we're losing, if your perspective in is the church is dwindling to nothing. If your perspective is my way of life is out of style, my, if that's if that's your if that's your perspective that you're losing, that's a, that's a that's a that's a how do I say this nicely? I don't know. That's a loser mindset, isn't it? Amen. And we're not. That's not to be our mindset. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us, right? And so He says, "I want you to to be of good cheer. I want you to be." courageous and, and, and joyful in this life, knowing that I have won the victory. Do you see that? That's the proper perspective. Don't focus on all the bad that may be coming your way. Endure that by focusing on me. Focusing on me. And if we look at our, our, our study verses again, speaking of Moses in verse 26, it says, esteeming the reproach of Christ. That, that word esteeming there means that he was focusing or he was perceiving something. That's his perspective, right? He was, he was esteeming the reproach of Christ. That would be the, con, the contempt and the scorn that, was, that would come his way because of following God. I, I wrote down another definition here. This is from Thayer's lexicon on, on the, 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 the word that was translated where we get the reproach of Christ. It says, such as Christ suffered for the cause of God from his enemies. Do y'all see that? That's... Because Christ suffered because He came down for the cause of God, right? <laughs> From the enemies of God. And He said He esteemed it, the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. <laughs> you know, when the disciples were beaten and jailed, they went out rejoicing that they were counted worthy <laughs> just to suffer for His name. That's a different perspective, isn't it, than, uh, than we have today? That's, that's a different perspective. It says that he counted it greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. He, 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 that, that the recompense of the reward is a, is a future blessing or a future payment or something that's coming, and it says that he had respect unto it. And if I'm not mistaken, that word respect is is used one time. the the Greek word that were, or the the word that was translated respect here is used one time in the scriptures, and it's here, and and it and it and it means um, to turn your eyes away from other things to completely focus on one thing. Think about that. Your perspective matters, doesn't it? He, he, he took his mind off of everything else that was happening to focus on the blessings that God was going to bring him. You see how your perspective matters. And then in verse 27, he says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing his perception, him who is 
invisible. Just a, a, a page over in my Bible in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul would go on to say, or the writer of Hebrews, I believe it's Paul, would say, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you see here how your perspective matters? Your perspective matters. Fourth thing this afternoon, or the sixth thing overall, and I won't spend much time on this because I believe Brother Michael has knocked it out of the park. And, and it's going to take adherence to God's way, not others' way. So what do I mean by that? You, you can't say that you're truly committed to the cause of Christ if you say, I'm committed to Jesus, and I know He said to do it this way, but I think it'd be better if we do it this way. Or I know His Word taught this, but I like it better like this. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, there's a, a, a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and it says, In that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread, we will wear our own apparel, let us be, only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. He says, We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do our own thing, but we want to be called by your name. What's the point there? It's what Brother Michael's preached to us. Not everything that says Christian is really Christian. One of the most dangerous places for the Christian could be the Christian bookstore. (laughs) Um, Because it it goes back to what he said, it takes discernment. You've got to discern what is being, what you're letting in and what you're adhering to. And, and so we have to do things. Doesn't that sound like an old Baptist? We have to do things God's way. <laughs> right? Why do, we, why, do we, why do we sing a cappella as a congregation? Because that's the way God regulated it in the New Testament. Why, do, why, why, do we, why is our government, why am I not in charge? Hey, there's times I'd love to just be in charge. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay? I'm called to lead, right? But I'm not in charge. Why why does the congregation vote on things? Because that's how God regulates. That's what we see. It's prescribed and described in Scripture, right? Um, You know, singing, preaching, praying. Why do we do these things? It's not, this is, I I preached a message recently on, on family integration, and that's become very popular as a model for church. But it's not a model for church. It's, it's church. Right. It's regulated in the New Testament. Amen. Right? So you, you have to adhere to doing things God's way. And that's in our churches. Not just in our churches, but in our homes. Right. At, at, at the school, at the ballpark, at the workplace. We have to, we have to take a stand. You know, Brother Luke should have been talking about, I've been, I've been enjoy, I listened to that one on the treadmill this morning. Taking a stand. That was the third one. You gotta get those out fast, like every Sunday. I I I love the sermons that y'all put out here, Brother Tim. And and if you're gonna stand for the cause of Christ, you've got to do it everywhere, right? Nothing can hurt the cause of Christ more. And this is sobering to me. 
then, then, then acting like you're taking a stand for the cause, acting like you're committed, and then somebody sees you away from the church house and you're not committed at all. Right. Sure. Mm. Right. And so listen to, to verse 28 from our study passage. It says this, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. You see, Moses, you can go back to Exodus. We won't, we won't I know we're, we're about out of time. But you can see that Moses calls the elders together and he says, now we're going to, we're going to participate in this Passover feast and you're going to dip the hyssop this way and you're going to put it on the mantle this way. You're going to do it God's way is what he's saying, right? He's making sure that things are implemented God's way, the way God had regulated it to him. And listen to what it says. It says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. It's, and that, that literally means that doing things God's way leads to life Amen. and not death, right? So that old church is boring. They don't Listen, when I was a kid, I grew up at Centerpoint Primitive Baptist Church. I was the only child there. And, you know, I used to, I used to think it was so boring. And, um, but I tell you, as I, as I get older... You know, I used, to, I used to, when I was younger and knew everything, and I'm, only, I'm, I'm about to be 38, but, so I'm not that old, but I, I used to think that, uh, you know, I used, to, I used to be able to critique, let's just use that particular church. There's a lot I could critique about it, right? Met twice a month. It, you know, we sang the same songs every Sunday. <laughs> We, we opened with the same song and we closed with the same song every Sunday. <laughs> and um, I was the only child for most of the time there. And, and I could really critique it when I was, like I said, younger and new things. But now I just want to cry thinking I'm, I'm glad there was five or six Amen. that were there for me. And even though I didn't enjoy it or I want to be there. <laughs> um, I'm so thankful that they were there modeling it for me. They had a clock. See, I think I've probably mentioned this here before, but they had a clock. I'll never forget that clock. That's brutal to a kid. <laughs> don't want to be there anyways and and um and that clock moves so slow i don't know if there's something wrong with that clock and, and i did i would hold my breath for like 30 seconds and watch that clock and i'd say well let me see if i can get to a minute next time and i guess eventually i'd pass out on the pew because lack of oxygen and You know, there was some tradition there, and, and unfortunately that church isn't even there anymore. I, I, it's not much, but I'd give you all the money in my pocket if I could worship there one more time. Yeah. Yeah. He says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And that's what I want to focus on for the, the last point. It says, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And so if you want to be committed to the cause of Christ, 
You're going to have to understand this fact. Your commitment to the cause of Christ isn't about you. It's about Christ and it's about others. It's about them. Moses wanted to see to it that they did it God's way, not for his benefit alone, but for them. For them. And so I want to read verses 29 and 30 for you. It says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying or attempting to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Listen to verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Can you imagine, here is Moses, once again, who has forsaken the wealth and and the popularity and the ease of life that he could have had to suffer with the people of God. And and finally, he is, is, after God miraculously has brought them out uh, from from Egypt, he's standing with a sea in front of him and all these people and, and the largest army known to man at the time raging behind him. And he's probably thinking for a moment, what have I done? <laughs> right? Because they're, he's, he's, in a, he's in a no-win situation for Moses. There's nothing else he can do. But God parts the sea. Amen. And Moses and all of Israel escape through on dry land. And the ones who you knew had mocked him... And the ones you know, you know that Moses was the topic of conversation at every dinner party. <laughs> Can you believe what he's done? He's left, he's left the, the, this to go be a part of them. Have any of you ever experienced that? You've left that to come to that church? And, and, and for, for a moment, he's there and he goes across and he looks back and he sees all those probably people who he had trained or he had led their armies and he sees them and they're trying to kill him and now they are drowned in the sea. And, and you know that, 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 that for a moment Moses had to be thinking, that's it. That's, that, it's, it's finally been worth it. I'm headed to the land that flows with milk and honey. Right? I'm, 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 I'm on my way. And, and so finally this is paying off. Listen, um, I'm going to tell you, I have, I've, I have I've prayed at, at Vestavia for open doors and I pray that we grow and we should be praying, right? Amen. And I've had people come in. We've had family. I can tell you stories, family that's come in and I think, Lord, you have done exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. I can't, I mean, you know, when a, when a, when a big... I call it a homeschool bus, but when a family of eight pulls out, that's like a revival, right? And, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, God, you've done more than I could ever think. And then I've had them turn around a day or two later and say, we'll never come back to that church. Yeah. And, it, and it hurts. But for that moment, you're thinking, yeah, this is when it's worth it, right? But listen, Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but even if we never see the revival, it's worth it, right? Amen. It is. To be faithful. Yes. Um, I've heard it said that the value of a postage stamp isn't found in its price or its size. It's in its ability to stick to something until it gets where it's going. <laughs> right? That's, we need to be like the postage stamp. We st- until we get where we're going, right. 
committed to the cause. But you can understand that for a moment, Moses was saying, here it is. I'm on my way. And so the, the Egyptians, it says in verse 29, they try, they're saying to do it, and they were all drowned. And God has made a difference between his people. And they're on dry land. And then in verse 30, it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. And the man who left everything behind, by the way, the, the Israelites... The children of Israel in Egypt, were in a, they were seen as an abomination to Egypt. Yeah. You'll, see in, you'll see in Genesis that they wouldn't eat at the same table with them. He said, tell them you're shepherds because you'll get the land of Goshen because it's an abomination to Egypt. And he left all that to be with them. He goes through the Red Sea. And we read now about the walls of Jericho are falling down and they're making their way into the promised land. But Moses isn't there. Verse 30, Moses isn't there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I, I have so much respect for, for Moses. Um, I, I quoted Brother Luke. I, mean, I know I'm about over time, but I figure you're here in the afternoon, you probably want to hear it. If you don't... If you don't leave, is that okay, Brother Tim? Um, but I'll be done in a minute. I quoted Brother Luke earlier, and he stopped me and said, I don't think I ever said that, brother, but I'll take credit for it. I think he did. Um, you know, I respect that man because I've talked to him personally about what he had to leave to come here. And I think you've seen fruit from that, right? Amen. Yes. But that's courageous, and, and that's what... That's what... I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing fruit from that and blessings from that here from, from, from Brother Luke's courage. But unlike Luke, Brother, Brother Moses, he's not seeing all that. He left all that behind. And you think, man, I'm going to leave all that behind and things are going to turn out great for Moses. And so he leads them through you know, with the help of God through the sea under the dry land. And, and what does he get? Do they say, you know what? Now we're going to build an altar to Moses too. We're going we're to have a day of celebration for Moses. We're going to honor Moses. No. For 40 years, they continuously challenge his authority. <laughs> they, 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 they test his patience. <laughs> They, they rebel against him. They're disobedient to his commands that he's bringing them from the... This is a man that stands between them and God and says, don't kill him, God. God's going to wipe him off the face of the earth and start over. As a type of Christ, he intercedes for them. They don't care about any of that. They just keep saying, Moses has brought us out here to kill us. Moses has brought us out here to... We should go back to Egypt. And, 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 and that is what they do when they're not rebelling against him, when they're not plotting to overthrow his leadership. You know what they're doing? They're murmuring and complaining about him. Tom Rayner is the he's a former CEO of Lifeway, you know, the big Christian book publisher. And um, I, I enjoy his uh, reading some of his articles. And he wrote an article 
few years ago, and it was the ten, it was the top ten sources of discouragement for pastors. Pretty interesting. Um, I wrote down a few of them so I wouldn't forget it. Some of them, well, here was one, too many meetings. I don't struggle with that, do y'all? <laughs> that's the CEO pastor. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the biblical pastor. I don't ever get tired of meeting with y'all. <laughs> but I know about too many meetings. Lack of volunteers. Eh, I could see that, maybe. Um, this was one, apathy among church members. That's a sign of discouragement. But you know what he listed as the number one cause of discouragement among pastors was complaining and murmuring. And here's Moses that leaves everything behind and he gets 40 years of complaining and murmuring. Complaining and murmuring. Complaining and murmuring. Complaining and murmuring. And there is, I'll just say this to the people here or wherever your church is, there is no better way that you can discourage Brother Tim or from Vestavia, me, than to constantly murmur and complain. Amen. Or not constantly, ever, okay? <laughs> Amen. Um, I t- if anybody, and, and listen, people are going to do that, and, and you should be able to have a direct line of communication with your pastor. He is watching out for you, and I encourage that. But, like, I, I will never, I will, I will always be okay to pick up the phone and you say, Brother, I've got a, I'm sick, or my kid's sick, or, you know, we're struggling in our marriage, or whatever that is. I'll listen to that. I'll, I'll, I'll forsake sleep housework whatever I got to do that's that's a real that's a real Carrie's like you do that anyway see I'm counseling people baby (laughs) Um, but I will I'll I'll forsake my personal pleasures to do that for you but if you if you know if you call me and say I want I want I want you know I saw something the other day, and I'd like to tell you about it, and you know here comes some complaining. I don't, I don't have a lot of, I mean, I've, I've, I will listen to it, and I'll try to love you through it, but that just, there's one thing a pastor can't afford, and that's discouragement. And that's the way you discourage your pastor. What we do, what we do at Vestavia, because I want to hear your complaints and your murmurs. Um, you know, I tell them, if you got a problem, call me. If you got a complaint, email me. <laughs> he said, call the deacons. Well, I got one better than that, Brother Michael. I say, email me, and I'll tell you here today, whether at Bethlehem or represented by another church, you email me too. Any complaint, any murmur you got. I tell them my email address is tim at timmccoolaw.com. <laughs> You can send all the complaints you want to that one. <laughs> but don't send them to mine. <laughs> I'm not even going to give it. <laughs> I've mentioned Brother Sam a few times. He used to, he used to, probably when I've been murmuring and complaining to him, I can hear him say, Brother Josh. Not that I, I mean, re- really, Vestavia, I don't have anything to murmur and complain about, honestly. Um, I'm sure I will at some point. I'm sure I could find something. And I'm sure I have, because that's our nature, isn't it? God's so good to us. 
And we don't look for the good, we look for the, what can I nitpick about and what can I complain about? Then I can hear him say, Brother Josh, how would you like to be the pastor at Corinth? <laughs> but I think I'd take Corinth over these children of Israel in the wilderness. And so, uh, listen, finally, finally Moses snaps at one point. And um, in, in, in Numbers chapter 20, it says, when, and, they're, and they're in the wilderness, Miriam has just died, and it says, there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have you brought us up, or why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die here. Why have you brought us to this evil place? He said, there's no, there's no figs, there's no vine, there's no pomegranates. There's not even water to drink. And Moses and Aaron do the right thing. He says, they went from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell upon their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them and the Lord spoke unto Moses. He says, take the rod and gather now the assembly together and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts, their livestock, drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, listen to Moses, he says, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock and I would just say this to everybody in the pew your pastor is a person too I was in a meeting one time and they said man there's more preachers here than people <laughs> well your preacher is a person too and eventually you have enough <laughs> and Moses had enough and Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smoked the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because you believed not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. I think I started this morning by saying Moses wasn't perfect. There are no perfect leaders, right? But I'll close looking at Deuteronomy. And in chapter 3, Moses is, re you know, there's a new generation now that's going to inherit the promised land. And, and Moses is recounting what God has done for them. And he says in verse 23 of Deuteronomy 3, he says, I besought the Lord at that time, saying, listen to this, listen to what. Moses says, O Lord God, Thou hast begun to show Thy servant Thy greatness and Thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to Thy works and according to Thy might? I pray Thee. Listen, I, can y'all hear him? I'm, I'm begging you, God. Let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan that goodly mountain in Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me 
for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. He says, but get thee up in the top of Pisgah and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with thine eyes. Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. And then God says unto him, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Isn't that sad? And you know, I'm, I'm afraid that if it was me and I begged the Lord and the Lord says, no, you're just going to see it, but you're not going in. And by the way, I know you've been leading this congregation for 40 years, but I'm going to get somebody else and he's going to get credit for actually bringing them into the promised land. I'm afraid that I'd say, you know what, I'm out. But in Deuteronomy chapter 34, we see Moses making his way up that mountain. And the Lord shows him all the land. The Lord said unto him, this is the land, this is verse 4, this is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. It says in verse 5, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. He was buried in the valley Moab. Down in verse 9, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Do y'all see that today? Moses is dead. But it says, here's Joshua, the son of Nun, and he's full of the Spirit because Moses didn't give up even knowing he wasn't going to see the blessing. He kept on. He laid his hands upon him. And he gave him of his authority. And he, knowing that Joshua would be the one that saw them marching around the walls of Jericho, and Joshua would be the one experiencing the thrills of inheriting the promised land. And Joshua would be the one today that we say led the children of Israel into that. Moses knew all of that. But knowing all of that, he knew the, probably the most important fact the most important thing about being faithful to the cause of Christ, he knew it's not about me. It's not about me. He's going to go on in Deuteronomy chapter 4, I believe it is that next one after, uh, after what we just read a moment ago, and he's going to warn them about idolatry. <laughs> and you know what the biggest idol in America is in our society, Brother Mike? It's, it's, it is self. It's me. That's what social media is all about. Me. That's what, that's what all the troubles that we see today, they all stem from me, 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 me. And in a world full of me, we need to be more like Moses who said, it's not about me, it's about the cause. Amen. I am so thankful to be here today. I, I was talking to Brother Mark LaPianca. He's a 
great friend of mine and brother at Vestavia, and we were eating over there. And, and I remember, Brother Tim, I, would, uh, I attended here a good bit in, in college, and, and sometimes I'd sneak in and sneak out, and um, always enjoyed being here. We were right over there, and, and, there, and, and there wasn't all these beautiful faces. And, it went, and, and the Lord, I mean, I'm just so thankful for what the Lord's done here. Um, and it's a bright spot, and it's an encouragement to, to, to primitive Baptists. And, 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 and yeah, the Lord has used Brother Tim, and we talked about Brother Luke, and He's used all of you. But, and I think about this at Vestavia. I mean, I think we're blessed. And I think we're, we, you know, it's just, I love that church. See, I was a part of that church long before I was the pastor of that church. I've told them, they don't have to call me back. I've got a pew back there I can go back to. <laughs> but I'm not leaving because I love y'all. But I don't want you to forget about, and we should probably honor them more, the ones 30, 40, 50 years ago. The ones that were keeping on when there were six or seven. The ones that are dead and in the ground and never saw their prayers answered in their life. But their prayers have been answered now. And they, they remained faithful because they, they had respect under the recompense of the Lord. They were single-mindedly looking that one day God's going to bless. Amen. And if we have that kind of mindset, that's the kind of mindset that turns the world upside down, right? Amen. That's the kind of mindset that moves mountains. That's the kind of mindset that does big things. And that's what it takes to be committed to the cause of Christ. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I've gone over... I would have told y'all earlier it was going to be short, trust me, but you wouldn't have believed me, would you, Brother Michael? <laughs> I love you all. <laughs>